I have to admit to every one of you, I have to admit, confess at the altar, that I'm not the most engaging person to watch on social media. I'm not the most engaging follow. I mean, some of you might follow me and you're like, when is he going to post something? Uh, it's, uh, listen, I, I honestly just don't have the time, uh, and I'm not thinking about, okay, what am I going to post? Am I going to take this picture or something? I, I got, I, I'm sorry. I just I, I haven't got there yet. Maybe one day. Uh, but when I do post something, the random times I do post, like a picture of my family, oh, my gosh, just the floods of the likes and the loves come through. Uh, uh, so when I do post, it either uh, uh, engages people, people love that post so much, or uh, it, it, it rubs people the wrong way and ticks them off. Uh, I remember uh, a year ago, it was February, Black History Month, 2022, I came up with this brilliant idea. At least I thought it was brilliant. I was going to write a commentary about this book that I had read by a black author that absolutely transformed my life. And I was going to write it and I was going to post it on social media. I said, man, this book, everybody needs to read this book. And and I'm going to give them a little sample of what's in the book and, and, and people are going to enjoy it. So I took that idea to my wife. I said, this is what I'm going to do. And she was thoroughly unimpressed. She said, okay, well, well it, it, that's fine, but you know what would be fabulous? I'm like, what? Fabulous is a beautiful word. She said, what if you posted about a book a day for the entire month of February? I said, yeah, that's wonderful. I can post about a book a day. That will be a a life transforming for somebody. That will be informative to some folks to to let them know what's out there uh, and talk about the books that I've read. Okay, great. And so, uh, mind you, this conversation happened on January 31st. (laughs) Some of you got it. Um, And I did not consider the time that it would take to write 28 uh, 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 summaries of, I didn't even consider, have I read 28 books by 28 influential black authors? Like, I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I'm like, okay, I'm picking, I'm picking, I'm picking. Uh, uh, So I'm going through, and uh, I eventually... Uh, did it, right? I got the books. I'm writing things. I'm posting things, and it's going well. Some of you are commenting. Some of you are liking those posts, and it was great. It was going all good until about day four. (laughs) Day four, I got a negative comment on my post. It's like a negative comment. Okay, all right, whatever. You know, people talk about me. I, I don't, it's water under the bridge. But This person didn't just comment negatively. They decided to DM me or or send me a direct message. They sent me a Facebook message. And in their message, in that direct message, they said, uh, 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 I was very disappointed in your posts. They said that um, they were disappointed that I, as a Christian pastor, was so woke as I wrote these summaries about these black books about black, from black authors. And it was too hard for him to synthesize black history and Christianity. So he wrote to me, because of this, I'll have to unfollow and block you. 
I have a whole lot more to say about that story, but my, my, my staff told me, okay, just end the story right there, Gary. Here's my question. Have you ever unfollowed someone? Have you ever clicked that button, unfollow? I don't want to see those posts from that person anymore. Maybe they just got on your nerves. Uh, maybe uh, they were posting content that you didn't like. Maybe uh, you found out that their political views were different than your own. Maybe they were sharing too much personal information. Or maybe they shared some information that challenged you to stretch in a way that you weren't comfortable stretching or growing at that time. You see, we tend to unfollow those types of accounts. Today, I'd like to talk to you from John chapter number six about the story of when people unfollowed Jesus. So if you have your Bible, would you turn them on or open them up? John chapter number 6, whatever version of the Bible you have is wonderful. You could follow along on the screens if you don't have your Bible with you. Now, uh, first let me, let me give you some background of the story because I'm not going to read the story. It's like 70 verses long. It's like one of them long chapters. You're like, oh, God, have mercy. I'm going to get through this one. So, so the story starts off with Jesus, he has a ton of followers. There are thousands of people following Jesus at this point. And what happens is he gets to this, uh, 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 he gets to this grassy area, and, and uh, they say it's about 5,000 men. Uh, women and children have not been counted, so there's 10 to 15,000 or more people right there in this grassy area following Jesus. And Jesus looks to his disciples, his disciples and says, how are we going to feed them? And they're like, man, we ain't got no money. Judas is actually the treasurer. <laughs> Have you seen the bank account lately? Anyway, uh, so, so what happens is Jesus, find, they find a boy with his lunch, and, and Jesus feeds over 5,000 people with two walleye sandwiches, two fish and a few slices of bread. It's an amazing miracle. It is absolutely mind-blowing. People are going crazy like, oh, yes, this is the guy I want to follow. This is the guy that, that I want to put my trust in. This is the guy who we want uh, to put in charge because he can do something for us. This is the guy who can feed us and give us everything that we want. And so we fast forward in that story. And Jesus, they find out he is the one that's going to be speaking in the synagogue that Saturday. Oh, man, if Jesus, the, this miracle worker, is going to be speaking at the synagogue, I, we got to go see him. We got to go see him. He might have some more sandwiches. And so these same people show up in the synagogue that Saturday, and Jesus gets up on the stage and starts to preach to them. When he gets up on the stage, he sees the same people in the crowd, in the audience, that were at the cr in the crowd when he fed the 5,000 plus. And because he saw the same people, he said, okay, let me use this opportunity as a teaching moment, as a sermon illustration, if you will. And he says, folks, do you remember... When y'all were out there just yesterday, and, and, and I fed you uh, uh, the, from the fish and, and the bread. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, goes on, verse number 35, he says this. Then uh, uh, what Jesus said, he said, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I'm going to read 35, 38, and 40. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. The people get restless. The people get a little upset. People are getting antsy. They're like, wait a minute. Where are the sandwiches? Jesus, where's the food? We came to see another miracle. We came to see the show, Jesus. And you up here talking all this Bible stuff. You up here talking about some bread that's going to get us into heaven. Jesus, you don't eat bread to get into heaven, Jesus. I think you need to go back to seminary. They get upset about this message that Jesus is preaching about he is the bread and they need him in order to get to heaven. When you don't want what Jesus is offering, he'll often increase the difficulty level of his teaching. You can take it at the easy level or you can scoff at it and he'll raise the stakes. So what does Jesus do when they scoff at his offer? He says in verse number 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoa, Jesus, you tripping. Did y'all hear what he just said? Did he just say what I think he said? Jesus, what were you smoking before you got up on that stage? What were you you engaging in? Like their minds are blown. They're like, I can't understand this guy. I I thought he was this Burger King, not the, 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 the theology king. Come on, man. I want it my way. Verse number 66 says this, because they didn't inquire, they didn't stick around to listen for a deeper understanding, they didn't have an interest in even digging deeper. Verse 66 says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and unfollowed him. No longer followed him. Have you ever considered unfollowing Jesus? Maybe you have. Maybe some tough things have happened in your life that have challenged your faith, those shaken your faith in this one they call Jesus. Maybe, maybe you, you, you look at social media and you see that your friends that aren't going to church who have already unfollowed Jesus, oh, oh man, they're having brunch on Sunday. They're drinking mimosas and I'm sitting in the church building. Gary, we need the mimosas out there with the coffee. I mean, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Maybe you're seeing folks out there who have unfollowed Jesus and their lives look wonderful. Their lives look grand. And you're like, man, maybe I need to unfollow Jesus too. 
I want to live the good life. I want to live the free, wonderful life, drinking mimosas and all kind of stuff. L- listen, maybe something unexpected has happened in your life that has shaken your faith and made you uh, think about unfollowing Jesus. Like maybe uh, 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 you got a diagnosis that you weren't expecting and, and you prayed to God and he still didn't take it away. Maybe a person that you looked up to spiritually had a falling out with Jesus and you're like, mm, is he really real? Maybe, maybe someone who called themselves a Christian treated you poorly. Maybe, maybe uh, 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 some of the things that you read in the scriptures were just too hard for you to, to, to understand. And maybe they don't fit the lifestyle that you're trying to live. Maybe this Christianity thing, maybe following Jesus has just gotten too hard. It's challenging. It's difficult. Verse number 60 says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? When following Jesus gets hard, when following Jesus gets inconvenient some people tend to walk away I'm done when the challenge of life really hits us we saw that during the pandemic we're not that far out from the pandemic but when things got hard for all of us because it got hard for all of us we know that half of the people walked away. Statistically, we know this. ABC News posted an article February 2022. They said that nearly 50% of U.S. church attendees stopped attending church during the pandemic and never went back. We all have somebody we know who has not gone back. And I'm talking about those people who already were disconnected from Jesus. According to LifeWay research, 4,500 churches in the U.S. closed at the start of the pandemic and never reopened. Sometimes Jesus will allow some difficulty in our lives to see, are you really on my team? Are you really in this to get to know and follow me? Or are you in this for my stuff? Are you in this for the fish sandwiches? Or are you in this to get to know me? Will you continue to follow Jesus when life gets hard? Will you continue to follow Jesus when things don't go your way? Will you continue to follow Jesus when you don't understand what he's talking about? Will you stick around and ask the hard questions when you don't understand? That's the question. That's the key. Or will you walk away? The choice of following Jesus is absolutely yours. You have to make that choice. Nobody can force you into following Jesus. If they do, that's not following Jesus. I'd like to spend the remainder of my time on this. 
identifying how we can follow Jesus closer when life gets hard. When things get hard, when, when we are challenged in our faith. Because we all have been challenged in our faith. Things have gotten hard. There have been some times when we read some stuff, heard some stuff, and we're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Four things that we find in this text that each one of us can do today to walk closer with Jesus in difficult times. Number one is listen. I know it seems simple, but he wants us to listen to what he's saying. What Jesus is saying to us may not make sense to us immediately. It may not make sense. You might read something in the text. You might hear something uh, in prayer. You might hear something from a preacher. Uh, you, you, might, you might discover something, and it's like, that just doesn't sit right with me. The question is, are you going to investigate? Are you going to inquire to find out what it really means? What Jesus is really trying to convey. Like the person who unfollowed me. He had no interest in understanding me. He had no care to inquire or to ask any questions. He only cared about his perspective and letting me know that he was opposed to mine. You see? Some of us approach Jesus that way. Well, Jesus, I believe and think this. And Jesus says, well, I created the world. I even created you. I'd like for us to be better listeners. To follow Jesus requires us to put ourselves in a position to hear from him. Now, all of us hear from God in different ways. That's Job chapter 33. says that God speaks in a variety of ways. To some people, he speaks in dreams. To some people, he speaks in visions. To some people, he speaks in words, right? He speaks to us in a variety of ways. How does God speak to you? Have you figured that one out yet? You see, you've got to find how God speaks to you. For me, right, God speaks to me and pours into me when I am walking and reading. Now, some of you have come through here uh, Monday through Thursday, and you've seen me doing laps. You see me just doing laps around the building. If the weather's nice, I'm outside with a book in my hand walking. Like, I'm a, I hope I'm not going to get hit walking in the parking lot. Uh, but God just pours into me. It's like uh, an empty pitcher, and he's just filling me up when I'm active and I'm engaging reading material. I know that when I am not engaging in activity and reading material, that I am spiritually off. Because I know that that is the thing that God uses to pour into me. My sending pastor, my sending pastor, John Elmer, right? I call him one of my spiritual fathers. The way that he hears from God is going to the movies. He loves to go to the movies. He loves comedies. And what happens is everything that he studied, everything that he's prepared for his messages, he'll go to the movies and then God will show him some kind of scene or whatever that just makes everything glue together. What's that space for you? Where does God speak to you the most? 
Where do you engage with the Lord? Where does he, where do you feel refreshed? Where do you feel poured into? You need to put yourself in that space, in that position so that you can hear from him more. We all need to find out how God speaks to us. Now, when we get into that space and when we get to start listening to God, there will always be distractions. There will always be distractions. I'd like for us to identify what those distractions are and try to unfollow or eliminate those distractions. Number two is this. Read for yourself. Read the scriptures for yourself. They're valuable and full of wisdom. According to LifeWay Research, here's some more data for you data geeks. No disrespecting gator geeks. Geeks. All right. So, so according to LifeWay Research, less than 40% of Christians read something from their Bible twice a year. Is your Bible dusty? Here's another study from uh, Statista showed that only 5% of adults in the U.S. actually read their Bibles regularly. Regularly meaning four times or more a week. Only 5%. Why? Why? Why is it that we don't read the Bible? You can fill in the blank here. It says, I don't have the... Everybody's got the same answer. That's right. The time. None of us, we don't have time. I don't have time to read the Bible, Gary. I just listen to somebody tell me about the Bible. Isn't that good enough? Let me tell you this. The devil knows the Bible. And the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is that is actually how he tripped Adam and Eve up. He told them the word of God and just twisted a word here and got them to do exactly what he wanted them to do. Don't just listen to somebody tell you about the Bible. Know what it says for yourself. Because anybody can twist it up on you. My wife and I, when we moved to Syracuse, New York, uh, uh, we, went, we were church hopping. We were going to all these different churches trying to find which church fit us, fit our family. And, man, we went to some bad churches, some awful churches. I mean, I was like, yeah, we're not going to this church. <laughs> Y'all been to some of them churches. Pray to God that that is not this church. This church. We went to this one church, we sitting there, and the music was great and all that kind of stuff, and the pastor got up and preached from Philippians chapter 16. A couple of y'all read your Bibles, okay. Know it for yourself. Number three is this, it's getting progressively harder. Here you go. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. We love comfort, don't we? We're in a culture and a society that worships comfort. We will do anything to be comfortable. We will pay money to be comfortable. We will, will, will sacrifice friendships to be comfortable. We will do anything for comfort. Mm. But following Jesus requires interruptions. Following Jesus requires inconveniences. If you look at Jesus' life, every, all of his 33 years, he was inconvenienced. 
Somebody walking up to him like, can, can I have a fish sandwich? Somebody walking up to him, can I get healed? Can I get this? Can I get that? And what did he do? He didn't brush anybody off. He stopped and spent time with them. He loved people. He cared for them. He allowed his life to be interrupted, and that made his life richer. Following Jesus will result in occasional discomfort. And if you are un, if you are comfortable, if you are not experiencing discomfort in your Christian walk, I would um, um, ask you to examine who you're actually following. Because it's not the Jesus that is in this book. Think about all of the things that Jesus requires of followers. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23. I don't have it up on the screen. You can look it up for yourself. You know, like I said, look it up for yourself. Don't believe (laughs) until you look it up for yourself. He says, if you want to be my follower, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Participate in self-denial, not self-gratification. Participate in taking up your cross, meaning do the hard things because they are valuable and follow him. Hard things like uh, loving your enemy, like praying for your enemy. Here's some other things he asks us to do, like living generously, living open-handedly, like honoring the Lord with your wealth, like uh, uh, serving the poor, like uh, uh, speaking up for the marginalized, like caring for the incarcerated, like praying for the sick, like loving the immigrants, like doing justice. Loving mercy and walking humbly with your God. Like, uh uh-oh, I'm about to get real hard on you now. Like Acts chapter 2, selling your stuff so that other people's needs will be met. Uh Uh-oh, I disconnect. That's it. That's where I get off the bus. Open the door. That's my stop. Gary, you tripping now. The Bible's tripping. Jesus tripping. Everybody's tripping. Because we don't like the hard teachings of Jesus. But this is where we normally hop off the bus and we unfollow Jesus because it becomes, when it becomes uncomfortable, we don't like it. Um, I, I used to go to the gym. I, I know I'm, I need to get back. I, 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 really, I do need to get back. But I remember going into the gym and, and watch this. I would go into the gym and I would lift weights and uh, my coach or my trainer would tell me, Gary, you need to increase the weight that you're lifting. I'm like, but I'm comfortable lifting this one right here. Isn't it doing good enough? He's like, no, lift something that's a little bit heavier the next time. And then the next time you come in, lift something that's a little bit heavier. And then lift something that's a little bit heavier. I'm like, but why would I do that? He said, because it's tearing down your muscles. I said, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. He's like, but listen, that's what you want. You want to tear down your muscles. You want to lift heavy stuff to tear down your muscles because when you rest... Your muscles will rebuild. 
themselves. And they will rebuild themselves bigger and stronger than they ever been before. Brothers and sisters, you and I need to live this life in the gym, this gym called following Jesus. And we need to lift some things. We need to engage in some things that are hard. We need to engage in some things that are heavy and heavier than we did before so that we can become stronger, that we can become more focused. We can become better at following Jesus and we can become uh, the people that he is calling us to be so that we can be strong enough to reach back and grab a brother or sister who's fallen back, who's unfollowed Jesus, and bring them along with us. We all need some, a little bit of discomfort in our lives if we're going to grow because he allows this comfort for us to grow. Finally, this is the last one, and I'm out of here on this one. I believe that Jesus wants us in this text to unfollow me. Not, not Gary Dawkins. You can unfollow me if you want. I mean, that's your, your business. But, but Unfollow yourself. Oh, look at what he has to say. He's going over to his closest followers, his 12 disciples, his apostles, those people that he put all of his trust in to bring them along. He goes over to them, right? This is the end of the story. Verse number 67, and he says, you don't want to leave too, do you? Remember, the crowds are leaving Jesus because he's not giving out sandwiches anymore. The crowd is leaving Jesus because he's not jumping through hoops. He's not doing all the miracles. He's not doing all of the show. You ever come to church for the show? He's not putting on a show. He's teaching them truth. And they don't want that truth. And so they walk away. And so the crowds are walking away. And I can just imagine Peter, James, John, or Andrew, they like, mm, maybe we can... Step to the side, too, and he won't see us because he reads their mind right here. He says, you don't want to leave, too, do you? And Peter does not deny it. What does Peter say? Lord, to whom should we go? Where are we going to go? Who else? Listen, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The 12 apostles could have walked away. The 12 apostles had everything, all the ammunition to say, Jesus, you are you are." Ticking the crowds off. I'm going to say something else. You are are not making these crowds stick around. I mean, the crowd don't want to follow you. They don't want to come to church and see you no more, Jesus, because you're talking stuff that they don't like. Change your message, Jesus. They could have walked away. They could have stepped aside. They could have said, I want to do something else. It was too difficult, Jesus. But what happened? They didn't leave. They knew that he was the Holy One of God. And watch this, that following him actually leads to a better life. It might be hard right here up front, but you step over that hill and you'll be stronger for the next day. You'll be better to keep going. Worship team, y'all can come on up so I can uh, wrap it up. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to wrap it up if they don't come up here. But listen, if you're here today and you are attempting to follow Jesus, you you really do want to follow the Lord Jesus. You're really interested in following him closer, even when things get hard. 
I want you to think about this. Think about or ask yourself the question, is he the primary voice in my life? Is he the primary voice in my life? If you want to be a follower of him, he has to, his voice has to be primary. You have to learn to listen to him. You have to read what he actually said. You have to uh, engage in the things that he asked us to get involved in and get uncomfortable sometimes. To, you got to get in the gym and work out. But I do want to ask you this. Are there any competing voices in your life? Any voices competing with Jesus because I'd like for you to do this I'd like for you to 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 follow me in this this week there's a competing voice in my I've identified in my life it's the new idiot box and specifically for me it's Twitter like, I'll go to Twitter, and I'll read the news. I'm reading sports. I'm trying to catch up. I follow com- comedians. I'm trying to laugh. I'm trying to, you know, relax my brain at night. I- I'm trying to, but, but then when, none of those are inherently bad, right? But what happens is the time starts building up. Have you ever checked your, your screen time to see how many hours you actually spend on this thing? And I'll find that, oh, man, oh, man, I spent that much time on Twitter. So I'm going to ask you, will you do this? Will you unfollow the competing voice in your life for seven days? For me, I'm going to do a seven-day fast for Twitter. I'm asking you, will you do the same? Keep me accountable, Jesse. And what I want to ask you to do is, as you unfollow that competing voice, will you fill it with Jesus? That time that I would spend scrolling, I'm going to be spending reading scripture. I'm going to be spending putting myself in a position where I can hear from the Lord. I'm going to be spending that time putting myself in a position to do what Jesus has called me to do. So my question is, will you engage in that? Will you identify that voice and will you unfollow if you're willing to do that would you pull out your connect card because on that connect card at the very bottom it says my next step and all I want you to do is if you're willing to take that challenge with me if you're willing to step into this and say yes I'm going to unfollow that so I can hear Jesus more clearly I just want you to write yes on that line just write yes I'm